Hey guys, I'm Shay, a three-winged two on the Enneagram that finds her home in Atlanta, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to create an ongoing conversation about the tensions of following Jesus in today's culture. Join me and many others as we have conversations that challenge and inspire us to follow Jesus in our day and age. This is Just Shayin'. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Just Shan. And I am so excited about my guest. Um, some of you have probably seen her on my social media and different things like that. But if there was one person that I'm like, I have to have on here, it is my mama. Uh, she is a, I would say, a spiritual mama, a friend. She wears many hats in my heart. Um, but honestly, she is somebody that is far ahead of me that is able to help me not trip. And when I do trip, she comes and picks me back up. And so uh, today I have Amy Lancaster on with me. She and her husband, David, run We Will Go Ministries in Jackson, Mississippi. And that's a whole long story. Uh, And uh, just encourage you all to go check them out. And honestly, if you need a good, um, I always tell people that Mama Amy is a good spiritual chiropractor. I don't know if she'd say that about herself because she's just reading the word. It's really not her, but we all say that she is a great spiritual chiropractor. So I'm so excited to have her on today. And I, we were just praying before we hit record that you guys would just really, really um, be touched by the Lord and that you would really just find yourself hungering for the word of God. Um, there's something um about Amy that always stirs me when I'm with her. And it's really just her hunger for the word. And I, and it's just as sad as it is, it seems rare these days. Um, I'm praying it doesn't stay that way. But I'm praying that as you embark on a conversation with us, that you would just really, really feel those nudges of hunger, because he's the only one that can make you hungry for himself. And so I just ask that as you listen, that the spirit of God would draw you to his side. Hey. Hey. Well, thanks for coming on. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. too. I know. I know. And I'm so happy to have you on and just, yeah, just come Holy Spirit, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to do. Um, typically, it. I just honestly, I just want to hop in and just kind of just throw ourselves into the word uh, and just... Uh, you are somebody, and I know there's lots of people. I'm not trying to make you be like, oh, put Mama Amy on a pedestal because that's not that kind of moment. But don't do that. you have a deep, deep hunger for the word and a, a deep, deep. You are equally emotional because I've seen you emotional about things, but you are quick not to camp there. You are quick to be like, but the word says this. And I am dead and I'm crucified with Christ and now I'm hidden in him. And what does that look like? So anytime I visit you, it is like, hey, all this that's is going that's on. That's our, that's, our, that's our conversations every time. Yeah, anytime we're together, it is, hey, this is going on. Hey, all these stories to which we could talk about for days of, you know, life happening. But there's something that you said, I actually think it was at a harvest school and I wrote it down in my Bible. I just ran across this the other day and it said, it said, Shay, if you'll understand that hard is just hard, Mm -hmm. hard is not bad. You're going to make it. And I remember I just burst into tears and I was like, oh, 
hard's not bad. Mm-hmm. And I find it funny because we're living in this place, whether you want to say culturally or whatever, um, however you can say that. And I'm not anti-emotions. You're not either. (laughs) Let's just go ahead and say that. But everything hard in this life isn't bad. We were actually promised. Right. um, Quite a lot of of hardship and trial. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to speak into that, Please do. Uh, well, I was just sharing with somebody this morning uh, before you and I got on of just the reality of what walking with Christ actually looks like biblically um, <laughs> and not not culturally because, um, you know, Jesus was born in a really crazy cultural time as well. Right. We have a tendency now to be like, oh, it's so hard now. And blah, blah, blah. But actually, you know, Scripture says there's nothing new under the sun. And so... Um, and that's not that's not downplaying the issues. You know, I was meeting, right. I was praying with somebody this morning, and issues are very real in his life. Very, very real. The hurts, the disappointments, disappointments in people. You know, the the challenges of walking with God. So I listened, and then I was like, "So, what does the word say about that? What does the word say about that?" And so, when you go to those those scriptures, I mean, I was I was just reading this morning. I mean, Jesus said. I can't do anything by myself. I can only do what the father tells me and what I see him do. So why would we think that we could just come up with a plan and ask, you know, Oh, I've got the plan. God just play a prayer, quick prayer, which again, that's, um, that's very, 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 very real, you know, in our, in our world. Um, another hard one that I read this morning is Galatians six, three, that says <laughs> if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Mm. And um, a lot of times um, people take, oh, well, you're just having false humility. And I'm, I'm thinking, okay, whatever. Um, my encouragement to this young man this morning was, um, okay, I think I had rather be guilty of grace and humility and repentance than I had be guilty of, I got this, I'm cool, I'm anointed, I'm, guilt- I'm gifted. I think that's very scary. Right. Uh, and somebody said to me this morning, you know, they said the scariest verse in scripture is when Jesus says we will all stand before him and he will say to some of us, well done, good and faithful servant, come on in. And he'll say to others, depart from me. I don't know you. Mm-hmm. And lots of people will say, but Lord, we did all these things. Right. They'll say, well, they want authorized by me. I don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. And my response to that was, you know, that is a, it is the, in my opinion, one of, if not the most sobering, you know, scripture in the word right. of God. And the scripture should be sobering. And um, it should be because, you know, it, it should really, really rock our world. And you know, you mentioned the, the word of God and more and more places where I go to speak. Um, they're very offended that all I bring is my Bible to speak. <laughs> um, and I'm not saying that to be, um, I know. you know, it's just, it's very sad to me because most people really don't know their word. They really, right. really don't know the word. We had a pastor say to me recently with his staff, that their younger staff, he's my age, so he's very young. He's in his 50s. But to the younger staff that they're hiring, he said, we're realizing they don't even know the Bible stories. So he oh, said, wow. I'm referring to, well, you know, so-and-so happened and, you know, in Judges and, you know, in Paul's letters and uh, there's a generation of people that even grew up in churches that don't know even the, what we would consider, you know, basic Bible. 
Yeah. You know, just getting people to dig into the word. Um, our Bible study here on Sunday, I said to our group, you know, um, when in Jesus's day, we're doing this great study. Um, in his day, you know, for you to be able to be a teacher of the word of God, you would study the Torah at least 100 times every day. And I said to our group, do any of y'all read your Bibles 100 times a day? <laughs> quiet. And I said, and they had to get up and get dressed and go to synagogue. Okay. So they couldn't like lay on their bed. And I was like, we've got all these tools where we can listen and we can read and we can audibly and all these things. And so mm-hmm. just getting people to really, just really absorb and soak in the word of God is really, really, really valuable. And I think, um, well, I know, because I, just like you, I pray for people all the time, right. not knowing what it says, not even knowing, and not even knowing that it really is truly the word of God, right. um, not just another book, but it actually is what you're looking for. It's actually the roadmap. It actually is your comfort. It actually is your guide. It actually is helpful. It's not condemnation and it's conviction is your friend. It actually helps you find right. that as a parent or as a single person, I was praying with a single person and, you know, round and round and round. I was like, okay, well, let's just read first Corinthians seven. You know, it's okay for you to be gifted with singleness. Have you ever <laughs> read this to be gifted with singleness? I am married and I'm gifted with married. What if you're gifted with single? And this person was like, Oh, it says that. And I was like, yeah, let's read it. So just, just encouraging, you know, more and more people, you know, for heaven's sakes, just dig in there. I'll walk with you. Dig right. in what it is, you know, and learn. That's what you're actually longing for. You're not going to find that in all the craziness today, which is why so many people are struggling. In my opinion, even Christians yeah. are struggling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's what's, I think it's crazy is like, I mean, you start to see the deconstruction. You start yeah. to see like. Yeah. Pull it all to pieces. Yeah. All to yeah. And so it's like people are. I don't know, like approaching the word with like, I'm only going to, I mean, I don't even think this is new, honestly. Right. I don't. I think it was happening while it was being lived out. Absolutely. I mean, the Pharisees were taking it and applying it the way they wanted to. And, you know, the disciples are like taking what they, the little bits they're getting and trying to piece it together. And I think it's almost in our, it's in our human nature to be self-confidence and try to figure out what I get to bring. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm bringing this to Jesus. And Jesus is actually, you don't bring anything. Um, But we live in a culture that is always making us feel like the center. Yeah. Like I'm the hero instead of I can do nothing. Exactly. I can can bear bear no fruit. I said this to a friend this morning. I might have sent it to you too. Probably did. Um, Jesus said in John 15, remain in me. Uh-huh. Uh huh. As I remain in you, of course, he's speaking to his disciples, which right. I'm born again, so I'm a disciple. If you're not born again, you're not. You might believe like the devil believes in Jesus, which is yep. right. The devil believes, and she yep. he timbers and shudders, shudders. But being a disciple and a born again person, it is different than yeah. I, I know that. I got it. I believe that. Yeah. But Jesus was talking to the disciples in John 15. He says, "Remain in me." As I also remain in you, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 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 Which is what you and I are talking about, you know, before we went on, is that 
do we really understand that? I don't, I mean, no, I would say, because I mean, I just say from my own personal experience, which you've been a huge part of, um, is I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been told that when I said yes to him, that that was kind of the one time be all. Mm, that right? was a, yeah. That was and, one time surrender. And that's just not Bible at all. It's not the Bible. It's not truth. It's not, it's not even, it's not even practically true. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm 53 years old and you know, I got saved when I was nine very radically. And then I walked away from Jesus when I was um, a senior in high school and almost died and killed myself. And I mean, it was very, very, very dark, which a lot of y'all know that know my story and, you know, for God to take me back into forgiveness, into himself, um, it, it, incredibly bananas, unbelievable grace. Right. And for me to even be 53 years old now and still realize what I told someone this morning, I said, yeah, but, but I can't do anything. And she was like, yeah, but, 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 but I said, no, no, I cannot do anything. Any, mm-hmm. I don't care how gifted you are. I don't care how anointed you are. Uh, and at the root end of the day, depth of it, Jesus Christ said he can't do anything unless the Father. And we can't do, we can bear no fruit, zero on our own. And so I think that's just your your fleshly, old sin, old nature of yourself that you naturally, you don't mean to. I don't think you mean to. But if you feed that flesh, guess what's going to happen? Woo! Right. And so you have to discipline and and not discipline like I hate it, you know, not discipline like it's terrible, but like this is something that's very valuable and it actually really keeps me on track. It actually helps me make decisions. It helps me um, in every area of my life. The word of God does. And sometimes I just turn on the word on my phone and just like lay on the bed and it's just playing. I'm just listening to somebody read the Bible because my head hurts or I. I'm cross-eyed from a long day and I just listen to the Bible or I'm in the shower and I'm just listening to the word. But even when you think, you know, I've got to sit here and like somehow figure out the Bible and somehow I've got to, it's daunting to people. And so rather than do it, they either, you know, read their same little verses every day or nothing, or they listen to Bethel music, which is fine to listen to music. It's great, but they don't know what to do. And so what I tell people all times is, you know, um, we have all these helps at our fingertips. And so you can download a simple little Bible app on your gadget and literally click listen. And it literally will read it to you if you're overwhelmed in whatever version you want for free. And so we, we really don't, you know. And, and I just tell people, just let the word wash over you. Even if, like, if you can't sleep, rather than sit there and looking through junk on your phone, um, it's just junk. You just, it's literally junk. And so just lay there and listen to the Bible being read. And that might sound really corny, but it actually does more than you think that it does. It's kind of like, you know, I'm a big proponent of drinking on a ton of water and you don't feel like water's doing anything in your life, but it actually, your body's 75% water. So even if you're not at the moment, like, yeah, I feel great. Well, Here's my water bottle. It's a big one. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, so the word of God is way better than, than that. So I just encourage people that, you know, the word of God, it is powerful. It is alive. It actually is. And that's not being old fashioned and that's not, 
you know, downgrading that someone loves, you know, worship music or whatever. But I think, um, again, it's not anything new. Right. Nothing's new under the sun. But a lot of people are very confused or like your word is, you know, they're deconstructing, you know, faith or whatever. And the reason that they're going that route is because they really don't even know, you know, what the word of God says, whether it's about purity or holiness or marriage or singleness or child rearing or you name the subject, fear, it's there, you know, healing or whatever. And so they're rather than, um, you know, Google another somebody's opinion about it or what somebody thinks, which is very confusing. Um, Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I think there's pros and cons, right? Like I can get on, we can listen to the Bible and it's like, oh, the scriptures are being read to me by an English accent. I'm not mad about that. It's beautiful. I love it, honestly. Right. The other side of that coin is I can hop on YouTube and punch in Anything. Anything. And I can hear somebody's opinion. Yes. And that, which is like, that's scary. It can be very dangerous. It It is very, very sobering to realize that you could literally at the tips of your fingers essentially could be led in any direction that your little flesh would want to go and feel completely justified. Absolutely. And sometimes, you know, I was, I was, again, I was meeting with somebody yesterday and just, um, they're, they're genuinely wanting to learn. And so they're Googling things instead of just, um, what I do, if I don't, I can't find the scripture as I will let's say, I want to figure out, I want to, I'm trying to figure out, I can't remember a verse, like the scripture that I just read. I can't do anything without God. Okay. And I know it says something like that. So you can type that in on Google, um, without him, without me, you can do nothing. And I will type in, I can do nothing without God in the Bible or scriptures. Right, scriptures. I type that on it. What scripture is that? And I read it, the Bible. And now there are a lot of things that pop up, what people's opinions are, and come, and that you can go off down that rabbit hole for hours. I don't click on those. I I literally type in, you know, that word that I know it's somewhere of I can do nothing without God or nothing good is in me in the Bible. What is that scripture? And it pops up that it's in John and I click on John 15 and I read that scripture. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's taking me, well, I think, well, I think, well, I think, well, I feel, well, I think. And um, you can genuinely be trying to figure something out and you can listen to 47 sermons that give you 47 opinions and none of it be the word of God. It's crazy to me. It is very, very true. Very, very, and it happens a lot with people that are trying to find what what makes them feel fuzzy. But then there are, like with one person I was praying with, you know, they genuinely, the enemy got in that and really, really, really discouraged them. And then they began to doubt everything. And what they didn't realize, they're coming out of it, praise God. But what they didn't realize is that Googling at what everybody, and clicking on everybody's sermonettes and opinions and podcasts, just literally drove them in a, in a really bad spot. And so I just said, it's okay for you to find a scripture on your phone. Just type in there, Bible. how do I find this scripture in the Bible? And then just click on the scripture and just read the scripture. Then open up your Bible, whether it's a, a real one. I like using a paper one or your electronic one. And then read it, right. the whole thing, read the whole chapter. And then click on, you know, really want to, that's a really, well, click on the little 
the right. icon and let it <laughs> let it read it to you while you're brushing your teeth or while you're getting ready for bed or while you're laying there on the bed you can't sleep and let that word wash over you. You know, there's an Old Testament scripture yeah. in my that says the word is like fuller's soap and it actually washes us. And I just love that picture of the word of God um, washing us because there's so much junk that sticks to us in life, you know, and it's just part of living in this old fallen world. And the word of God is really what washes over you. And um, so, and even with worship, you know, um, you can go on all kinds of different tangents. I like to listen to worship. That's the word of God. You know, a lot of songs or somebody's, I'm not trying to be legalistic, but I really do enjoy worship. That is the word of God, you know, and a lot of times, even with our students here, we will go, um, they're singing the song, and I was like, "Do you know what that? Came, what that? That's amazing. Those words." And then I'll pull. Like yesterday, we were talking about Moses, and then we were talking about Abraham and Sarah. Well, I pulled it out. And they were like, "That's cool." And so it wasn't just an idea; it was actually they were learning on multiple levels. Does that make sense? And it was actually yeah, the absolutely. Off. I think yeah. it's interesting because it's kind of like I remember a few years ago. So you'll probably be aware of this, but there was a group called the Essenes and Mm -hmm. they basically took the word and they went and hid it. Right. And they, they went and hid it in the caves and protected it and protected the scrolls and all that. And I remember, I felt like the Lord was like, Shay, this generation, like he's going to bring about an Essene where we're going to go. No, like we will stand on the word. Right. And it's interesting because I'm seeing it happen in my community here. I'm seeing it happen in different pockets where it's like they're going through this. I'll say it, they're detoxing from emotionalism. Yeah. And my callings and my my preferences. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And this is what yeah. he did. He told me I'm gonna do. Yeah. And a lot of the, that language is starting to fade as they read mm-hmm. the word and Good. they say, wait, Paul says. I count it all as garbage. I was the best Pharisee. I knew everything and I count it as dung. I count Amen. it as just rubbish. And Amen. I press on to know him and his sufferings. Amen. And I find that it's just, be- it's beautiful. But there's lots of people, I'll say detoxing because I just don't have another word for it. But it's like they are being literally detoxed from emotionalism and, mm. and this idea of, you know, I bring something, if you will, to the mm-hmm. table, to going, I actually don't. I actually and it's don't. beautiful. It's actually beautiful because he's meeting me in my brokenness. He's yeah. meeting me in my weakness. Yeah. And I always felt like I couldn't be weak. Mm. Mm. And so it's interesting because I think that we always know that the real war is against the word. The war is against truth. It's against truth. It's against truth. Yeah. And so in that middle of that it even exposes to us. It says he he comes and he shakes the church first. That's right. And so I feel like there is this like jolting. I don't, I don't know if I want to get all, you know, prophetess because I don't think that's me, but just mm-hmm. like there is a shaking happening mm-hmm. and, and I, we're seeing where our allegiance lies. Yeah. And our allegiance essentially has not landed on the word. Well, but isn't that, isn't that just the truth all the way through? when you read through even the early church and you read through all of Paul's letters, you know, and again, I was sharing that with someone yesterday, just, um, you know, all of, all of Paul's letters, you know, to Corinth, you know, goodness gracious to Philippi, you know, Thessalonica. And he would, you know, write in the Holy Holy Spirit was writing things through him. Like, Hey, y'all were getting along so well, what (laughs) in the world has, you know, has, has helped you, you know, made you stray away from truth. 
And so it's a, it's a, our humanness, there's nothing good in me, yeah. in, in me, but God, you think about King David, I mean, just Psalm 51, you know, creating me uh-huh. a clean heart, oh God, like renew. Well, why in the world would King David be known as a man after God's own heart? He was a, not a great guy, a lot of ways. I mean, he, golly, he cheated and he had sex with a woman and he got her pregnant and he got her husband killed and he lied about it. There's a lot of sin that we know of in his life. And not that any, we're, we're any less sinners, but I personally believe the reason that the, the, the Lord called him a man after his own heart is just because of his repentance. Yeah. There was tremendous repentance um, in King David. And that's very evident in a lot of the Psalms, which is why we like to read them, is because he just pours it out there against you and you only have I sinned, God. You know, look and try me, look inside of me, see if there be any wicked way in me, purify me, wash me whiter than snow. That's a cry out to God. Not that I'm coming with, look at me, ta-da, but it's a cry out to God of, Lord, I am weak and humble and needy and desperate for you. I have nothing to bring but my broken self. And the Bible says that God will not despise that right? That broken contract place. Not that you're, you're, you don't understand, like I'm a born again, spirit filled woman. You are. And so that doesn't mean that I'm, I'm stupid. That doesn't mean that I'm fat, ugly. That doesn't mean that I'm, you know, useless. That, that's not self-hatred. It's just recognizing that he's God. And um, I, I'm a daughter that is so honored to be grafted in. And all I can do is just come to him and sit on his lap and say, I'm sorry, help me or I'm weak, you know, help me, or I don't have any idea what I'm doing. You know, Jesus, help me. Um, and to stay in that place for a lifetime, it is a constant thing. Like you said, it's not, oh, I've got this figured out, or look right. at the anointing I've got. And I just think that's just our our flesh getting in the way all the time. I mean, you yeah, can make a list and ask God to bless it. And I, I just... I think it's really, you know, easy to do, even as a believer, you know, to, it's yeah. very easy for believers to do. And that just, it's just that constant prayer. Again, Psalm 51, you know, creating me a clean heart, oh God, is there anything we knew a right spirit? Have mercy. I'll just read a little bit of it. Have mercy on me, oh God, according to your great compa- compassion, would you please blot out my transgressions? Would you wash away my iniquity? And would you cleanse me from my sin? I right, my, my sin is before me, before me. Against you and you only, I have sinned. You are right, God, when you just you're justified when you judge. You are justified. Would you clean me? I'll be clean. Would you wash me and I'll be whiter than snow? Mm. Lord, would you blot out my iniquities? Would you create in me a clean heart, oh God? Would you renew a steadfast spirit? And I just I love that, you know, Psalm 51 to just pray that over your own self. Right. right? Yeah. I think it's interesting because I think there's been, I don't know, I don't know if I'm sure it's a lie or a bad mindset or whatever, but there's been this portrayal, if you will, of the closer I get to God, the less I have to repent. Yeah. And the truth I think is, is the closer I get, the more I find myself repenting because now it's not just I'm repenting for this addiction or I'm repenting for, um, I don't know, whatever now it's like the little leaven he's going after that's right he's going after the little heart motives he's Mm -hmm. going after the well that wasn't quite the truth he loves you yeah and if he really loves you he wants the best you know the best for you we had one of our um boys yesterday we do um you know we do 
um, reading and um, uh, after school Bible and um, all that here. And so one of the boys yesterday, he was like, like, Miss Amos, why I got to read? I mean, why we got to have reading? Why can't we just, you know, why we got to have reading? I mean, come on, Miss Amy, we got to. And I said, because it's really important and I love you and we want the best for you. Do you believe that we have, want the best for you? Yeah, but yeah, but I said, we do. We want the best for you. And so you're going to learn to read the word of God for yourself. Super important. And we ended up having this great conversation about Moses later. But the point is, is that in our natural, you know, it's not a one-time thing. It's a constant thing, you know. Right. And one of the boys was like, how long I got to do this? I was like, I still learn. And I, he went, and you're old. I said, I'm old. And I still learn. Because he was hoping there was going to be like, I don't know, this week and he was going to be done or, you know, be, be done in a month. And I was like, oh, no, we, we are always learning. Yeah. I think if you have that attitude, it does help a lot, right? If, yeah. you, if you And that's a constant, again, Psalm 51, creating me that clean heart of God. Jesus said, we can't do anything without him. Right. Nothing without him. Like nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. It doesn't matter how many times we pray for people or how anointed we are or how great we can sing or preach or articulate. It still boils down to he is God. Yeah. He is the savior of the planet. And that also, I spend a lot of time with people that are in ministry, that are called in ministry, that are missionaries, whatever. And if you get the other real thing, and you and I have seen this happen, is people quit because the plan didn't work out right. Or they took someone on as a project, like in my neighborhood, because um, it's very violent and difficult, as you know. And so they'll take on this project that, you know, they're going to save one of my neighbors that's a prostitute or that's just a drug addict. I'm like, Okay, well, you're welcome. I love you. Love on them. Be their friend. Share the gospel. Love on them. Be their friend. Well, if you've taken on yourself that you're the Savior and that person, you don't yet see them saved, people get, Christians get very discouraged and then they quit. Yeah. And so it helps a lot to just be super dependent on the Lord and super, you know, just clay in his hand, if you will. Right. Clay in his hand. And he's the Savior. My job is to love. My job is to share the truth and love. That's my job. And if you can, you have to come back to that over and over and over again. Or you will, you will quit. You will, you will throw in the gauntlet. And um, because you get disappointed, you get disappointed in, in me and Shay. You get disappointed in people and churches, and and that that's human, absolutely human nature. But God's nature is like, no, 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 no. Keep your eyes on me. But you were saying yeah. earlier about just keeping your eyes on Him. Oh, that is it. That's sufficient. And again, people, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know that. But do we really know that? If we really, really know that, that is so, it's so overwhelming and so incredible. You don't get over that. You don't get over that. It's wild to, to, because there are, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. People just drop like flies. Yes. And it, and you would think like, oh, something really tragic must have happened. And sometimes it's really not. Sometimes right. it's just Hebrews says it's just a slow drift. Yes. Hebrews is always saying the whole way through, there, be careful of the slow drift because you'll look up and realize, wait, I'm not where I thought I was or I'm not. Right. Well, right. Yeah, like I, I've drifted away. Right. right. And I think even while we're talking of Hebrews where it says, you know, like he disciplines those that he loves. Yes. And he, he, yes. he ch- chastens and he, he like yes. 
he pokes and he prods because I'm his kid. Yeah. And just like you being a mom, you're not going to let your kids just go do something crazy. Nope. Not at all. And sometimes I think what we do is we picture, obviously, the father completely wrong. And we we view him as this, like, he's punishing me. And it's like, no. The goal for him and you is that you look like him. Yes. That, that's the goal. Like, that's the yes. will of God. The will of God yes. is that you conform to his image. thousand percent. And so it's it's not easy. It's hard. And some, I mean, you yep. say me, sometimes I'm just a wrestling. Yep. I don't want to do this. This is not, you know, this, yep. that, and the other. But at the end of the day, I'm dead. Where else would you go? Where else would I go? I'm, I'm supposed to be said, dead. Right? I'm supposed Peter, to be crucified. Yep. Yep. Peter said, because Jesus, you know, starts talking about hard things before he left the earth. And he started talking about, you know, eating his flesh, drinking his blood and giving everything. And he looks around and people are just leaving. They're walking off by droves. They got to eat the miracle food and, you know, eat the miracle fish and the bread. But they started just walking off when he started speaking truth. And he looks at the disciples and he says, "Um, are y'all going to leave too? Yeah. And I just think, wow. I mean, how his heart must have, you know, just broken. He's, I mean, he's God in sandals, you know, standing there watching people walk off. And he looks at his disciples and he says, are y'all going to leave too? And Peter's response is, I mean, where would we go? Like, what would we do? You alone hold the keys. And, you know, we know it cost him everything. We know how Peter got crucified upside down. And it's kind of like you were saying earlier before we got on, you know, um, it's one thing to, to say that in a meeting and a conference and yay, woo, yes, Jesus. But, you know, he, he boils it down to, you know, do you love your family more than me? Do you love your life more than me? You know, honestly, that sculpting and changing and shaping, it looks like something. And yeah. some days it's like, hallelujah, praise God. And then other days it's like, okay, all right. I need a lot of grace today. I need a lot of Holy Spirit today. Um, yeah. I, I need it. And I think staying in that place of um, of dependence on the Holy Spirit is uh, otherwise how are you going to bear fruit, right? Mm-hmm. We grow a lot of food around here, as you know, to give away. And um, some of the things that we grow, it grows really quick, like a tomato plant. But then there are trees, you know, that um, they were planted before I got here that are making pecan. Mm-hmm. And then there are trees that I have planted that just now this year made a pear. <laughs> well, I didn't dig it up because it took it, you know, years and years and years to make a pear, right? I've been cultivating and 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 weeding and working and fertilizing. And yeah. if you think of yourself as that, you know, it's a long, beautiful, beautiful journey. Yeah. Um, embrace it. Yeah. Embrace so, it. Yeah. yeah. Have joy in it. It's a journey. It is. It really is. And it's not, it's not pulling through fast food. No. <laughs> drive through it really not is microwave. it's not microwavable it is more so on the threshing floor than you want it to be yeah yeah but if well, you learn if you learn to embrace that you'll have a lot more fun it's true it's if true, you learn true. To embrace, instead of like oh i'm suffering oh well i'm ha- i have joy in it right i have joy in it and to have joy in the midst and to say well you know praise god hallelujah thank you jesus we had a bunch of places flood in here yesterday. We had a lot of rain and we had two bathrooms flood and we had another room flood and we have, you know, and I was just like, well, you know, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, glory to God. We we're outside on the tractor yesterday in the rain. Well, you can laugh and have joy or you can say, my goodness. Oh my gosh, the roof's leaking. But it, it's just, okay, well, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And that's just a, a you choose joy. 
you know, and joy is a fruit. And again, that doesn't mean that your feelings aren't real, but you can't let the feelings run your day. Faith has got to run the day. That's good. That's a good word. Yeah. Help us God. (laughs) Help us God. Oh, man. I could talk I could talk to you for hours. Um, I'm just going to ask you if you would just pray, pray. Yeah. Just pray. However you feel led. Amen. So Father, I just pray for anybody that might hear this or uh, be in this place. God, Uh, I know there are people that might hear this that aren't, aren't saved yet. Um, They aren't. Maybe they have a form of godliness or some knowledge, but they're not yet born again. I pray Lord Jesus that they would surrender their whole life heart, mind, soul, past, present, future to you. You're the savior of the planet. And I pray, Jesus, that they would surrender their life to you, that you be Lord and King and master um, for people that are born again, that listen to this or come across it, Lord, Lord, that they would uh, have a hunger and a thirst after you and after your word um, that, that maybe, maybe they hadn't had ever, maybe they hadn't had in a long time. Father, I thank you for your word. We are so blessed to have it in every language, every translation, on our phones, in on paper, everything. And I just pray, Father, just for a hunger after you and after your word, for a submitting and a surrendering, for a laid down life that actually looks down like something that's not just a little quote. It's not something to put on Instagram. It's more than that, Lord. So, Jesus, you see us and you're in this culture and nothing's new under the sun. You are in our culture right now. And so I just thank you that you are speaking, even through the little jars, little vessels like this. I pray, God, that you would speak to hearts that hear it. And Lord, that um, you would get the glory. You would get the all the honor. You get all of it, Lord Jesus, that there would be people around the throne of heaven um, because of you and what you did. And that we would continue to repent. We would continue to come back to your feet, Jesus. Come back to look at your eyes over and over and over again. So we, I just, yeah. You're worthy. That's what I know. You're worthy. Yeah. Bless everybody, Lord, that hears it. And then right where they're at, meet them right where they're at today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, I'm going to ask you the token question that I always ask everybody. Okay. Um, But if you could have three people Mm -hmm. at a table, Mm -hmm. no matter what time of day, those details don't even matter. What you're going to have at the table and eat doesn't matter. Okay. But... Three people that you could have at your table that are not the Trinity because that's just a given answer. But, and we will just say that they're there for the fun of it, but they can be present day. They can be already graduated to heaven. Three people and why? Um, um, I would love to sit with Corey Ten Boom. Mm. Um, I would love to sit with her, have a lot of respect for her. Um, I have more than three. Um, I would love to sit with Ruth Bell Graham. I've written everything that read everything that Ruth Billy Graham's wife ever wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, her journey alongside of him, um, raising those children. Um, they were not perfect children, and she was just a mama in Carolina trying to do it. Um, I also have a lot of respect for uh, my friend Debbie Hogan, who is still in the earth, still in Mexico. She's an amazing, amazing woman of God and friend to me. And then I can't live out, leave out Elizabeth Elliot. So how do you Ooh. go to the people that killed your husband with your little girl and love them to life and love them into the kingdom? Um, so when I'm looking for um, things to encourage me, uh, it sounds kind of morbid, but you and I talk about the Moravians and people like that, but people that are still really doing it and people that really did it and lay, lay their lives down present tense and um, will, t- will speak truth straight to my face mm-hmm. um, and that really 
really, really, really did and do really love the Lord. And that looked like something real. Those are the stories that I read every day. Those are the devotionals that I read every day um, are people that either did it or still doing it. Yeah. Uh, really challenges me. You know, yeah. In Same. my little American now self. Well, help us God. <laughs> <laughs> our little first world selves that, you know, we think we're suffering and we get upset about our coffee being too gold or something stupid. So, Oh, Lord, help us. We, we oh. do. Silly, silly things. Oh that we get we are silly. We are silly. Well, thank you so much for coming on and just. I love you so much. I love you too. I love you too. And everybody, thank you for tuning in. And I pray that you're blessed by this. I know you are because the word does its job. Yes. It's alive and active. And so we just bless you and we thank you for tuning in. Have a great day. Hallelujah.